Hey, Sam here, and I know your day's crazy, but I've got a quick idea to take your stress from overwhelmed to under control. So let's tackle systems from the classroom to your living room, one simple step at a time. This is the Simple Systems with Sam podcast. Something that I've always found interesting are the people who claim that they don't like to read books, but then every vacation have to go out and find the one book that they have to read when they're on the beach or when they're sitting lakeside. There's always that one book a year that they will go out and buy, but no other setting in their life convinces them that they should read a book. And this is actually what we're going to talk about today in our simple system. We are going to talk about setting the mood in different ways that you can set the mood and actually focus your brain on a task so that you're more productive and efficient at completing that task, even if it's something you don't want to do. And a lot of it comes down to just utilizing our five senses along with location. So let's talk about it. Do you know when you're sitting in your car at the end of a long day, like you've pulled into your garage and you're just sitting in the car refusing to get out for like a couple minutes and you're using that space to decompress? Well, your brain has told you that that is where you decompress. You have assigned a space, a task, and when you pull into the garage, your brain decides this is where I am supposed to decompress all of my thoughts for the day. I need a minute and we might take a few minutes. And the idea that we have different spaces for different tasks is not a new one. We've been able to see this in a lot of different studies where people have been asked to learn or memorize things in one environment, taken out of that environment and asked to recall them. And they struggle to do that. But if they're left in the environment they learned in, they're able to complete it because your brain associates the context around you with the task at hand, which means not only for learning and studying can that be valuable, but also for almost any task you need to complete in your everyday life. So today we're going to talk about all the ways we can use our senses to set a mood so we can set context for our brain and we can go ahead and tackle the things that need to get done. The way that I'm going to start explaining this is actually by telling you how I use this idea at school. Really at school, I need to be able to focus on different tasks at different times. I need my brain to connect the area and location that I'm in with the task at hand so that I'm not going off and getting distracted, but it's literally mentally preparing me to tackle what is right in front of me. To do that, I have set up the tiered desks in my classroom to be my workspace. I don't really sit at the teacher desk very often, and I kind of wish I could get rid of it, but it's fine that I can't. I just tend to not do all of my tasks there. Instead, I break them up depending on the height of the desk that I'm going to go sit at. So if I sit at my lowest desk, that is actually where I do my planning. I will pull everything out around me, and I'll sit at the lowest level student desk, and I will do planning at that height. I'm going to get planning and prep done. When I go to the medium height tables, that is when I do grading. And not just any grading, but this is where I go into ultra grading mode and I knock so much stuff out. I choose the medium height desk because I can stand or I can sit. But either way, my brain knows that when I set up there, there is no stopping me. I will get all of the grading caught up and done. When I go to the high tops, The high tops are where I will sit and talk with other teachers, where I will sit and chat with other students when they need to come in. It's more of an informal discussion place. And I know that sounds weird to have that space down my brain, but I feel like I'm sitting at an actual like restaurant booth, an actual restaurant like high table. And so it's easier for me to associate that 
with spending time chatting and connecting with people. When I need to be a little bit creative, I go to my central lab station in the back of my room. And I have all these places planned out because now that I have just done it over and over again and assigned these places a different task that needs to be accomplished, now I can get myself in the zone and I'm not spending so much time wondering about all the other things because my brain is actually focused on the task that I'm trying to accomplish. And this works really well for students too. And I'm not just saying that you need to have your students study and take a test in the same place. That's not the biggest thing I'm talking about. Instead, consider something like elementary school stations, right? I love to look at the elementary teachers because what they do to focus little brains just is fascinating to me. (laughs) And so when they have a reading station, it is always in the same spot, right? You have the reading corner. When you have labs, you send your kids to the lab tables. They know immediately that this is what is expected of me. Well, in a previous episode, we talked about creating lesson templates and the different types and varieties of lessons you might want to have a mapped out outline for so that you can just plan really quickly when it comes down to it. What if you had different seating arrangements for each of those different days? And I am not saying that you personally go ahead and rearrange tables. I'm not even saying that you have to actually rearrange the desks in your class. I would have my students do it personally. But if you're doing a research day, what if you just went to the library or to a student common area or even outside, somewhere that was not usual for them to be working in so that they could focus on something else other than what was happening everywhere else in the class? If you're going to have a group work day or a peer review day or a project day, then maybe you have them arrange into their different, then maybe you have them arrange into their different table sections. And you might need to move desks to make that happen. I would have my first hour of the day move the tables that way. And I'd have my last hour move them to the next day's tables. That would work out really well. But when you do that and they walk in and they see a specific table formation, their brain already starts to recognize what type of task is expected of them that day. And that is nice. There might be some places that you start to associate with something that is not as productive. And I'm talking about maybe it's gossiping at the water cooler, or maybe it is going into the break room during a certain hour so that you can just kind of talk with a teacher and vent some frustrations. Those are places that you might start to recognize are becoming a habit that is not serving you. And if you recognize that that location and that time is that problem, then you can go ahead and shift it. You can go ahead and mentally assign yourself a new task when you go ahead and go into those spaces Or you can go ahead and say that you just need to shift the time so that maybe you don't run into the same people and have the same kind of outpouring. When it comes to home, there are so many places that we probably assign different tasks, but we don't even realize it. But we can take it up another notch. So you know that when you go lay in your bed, your body is going to start priming you for sleep, right? This is actually why so many people recommend that you don't keep a TV in the bedroom because your brain should know that the bedroom is for getting a restful sleep. And If it's going to be bombarded with blue light, it's probably not the best. Now, I do watch TV in my bedroom, so I'm not saying that anybody is a bad person, but I'm saying that that is what that room is specifically supposed to be for, right? And maybe you have a go-to chair that is your relaxing chair. I know that I had a chair during the pandemic that when I needed a break from my kids, who I love dearly, but were home with me for a very long time, I would go into a specific chair and a half that I had in my sunroom. And that would be where I would just let everything else slip away. I tried meditating in there 
I picked up meditation like three or four times during the pandemic. It was great. And then I would read in there and frequently, if I could spare it, I would take a nap in there. And that chair became the chair that I would decompress. And so even if I only had a couple minutes, I could go sit in that chair and just kind of like melt the stress away, get back up and carry on with my day. Well, what if we went ahead and made some of these designated spaces that we already have do a little bit more for us? So for instance, I'm not a fan of laundry. I've said it many times. However, having a capsule wardrobe has helped because the laundry cycle cannot go on as long as it has in the past. But I also have not set up a designated space to really handle my laundry. I've tried folding my laundry in the laundry room. I have tried doing my laundry while watching a show in my living room because I don't want to leave that stuff out in the living room. So I thought it would motivate me to put it away faster. It did not. And I've designated my laundry space to actually be just on my bed, which is not a radical idea. But what I do is I only allow myself to watch certain YouTube channels or certain shows while I put laundry away. And that is the type of motivation and setting the mood that I need. So it needs to be the same place in the same area, but I also added a little extra and I rewarded myself and gave my senses something else to look forward to because I gave myself sight and sound of a show that I really enjoy. So whether you have a task that you enjoy in a space that is dedicated to that and you keep it sacred by only allowing that one chair to be your middle of the day nap chair, (laughs) or you make sure that you are pushing yourself to make that TV show in your room the space where you do laundry and you're assigning that task to that space and that reward system. You want to emphasize what you are doing and when and create a routine and a pattern for it so that your brain can recognize what it's supposed to focus on in that moment. Even outside the home, I will say that there are several spaces that I go to for specific things. If I really need to tire my kids out, I go to a specific playground. If I need to get some work done outside of the home, I used to have a specific coffee shop But now I have my library patio and I will continue to rave about this. It's a transformed sandwich shop. So my library literally has a drive-thru and the most incredible temperature controlled little open air patio thing I've ever seen. And I'll go there and I will do work. Now, could I be more specific about the type of work that I do only at the library? Yep. And that would probably help me out. So that is my next task is to nail down what is happening at the library specifically. What am I working on there? Am I working on school prep? Am I working on podcast prep? Am I using that as a creative space? What is happening? And if I need it to represent more than one thing, then how can I kind of transform that space into multiple mini spaces? And there's different types of tables and setups there that I could definitely use for that. Now, we've kind of already hinted at it, but this is not just about the location that you're in. However, that is probably one of the easiest and biggest ways that you can simplify focusing in on what you need to accomplish. But if we go through all of our five senses, what you see is important. And that can be the types of things that you bring with you, the types of things that you have, or the type of setting that you're in. For example, right now, when I come in to record podcasts and film the video for it, I have the lights behind me, I have a light in front of me, and every other light is off. And I know that that is setting myself up to record. That is my main task and my main goal because I have I can visually set everything up the way I need to. When your kids see you pack a specific snack box, they know they're going to go to the pool. So that is now the pool snack box and it sets their brain into motion and they know what's going to happen. You can also do sounds. 
Having a specific soundscape or having specific songs can help prime your body for whatever you need to do. That's why so many people have pump-up jams that they use before they go on a run or a big workout. But also that's why people have specific calm soundscapes that they listen to when they do different types of work. If you can try to make that a general theme for each of the tasks that you're completing, then I think you're going to be able to find a lot more success in being able to zone in on the task at hand as it's happening. Maybe everything that you do for school is always, for me, it's lo-fi. I listen to lo-fi beats on Spotify every time I work on something for school, whether it's creative planning or grading. It's always lo-fi. But when I come and work in my office at home, I like to listen to instrumental pop covers. I'm not really sure why, but it has worked really well for me. When I go to sleep, I listen to the sound of my kids' sound machines coming through on the monitor. And because I'm doing that, my brain thinks I need white noise now to sleep. But I'm setting the tone with the sounds that are happening. And this is also why noise-canceling headphones have become so big, I think, because you can tune out all the other things around you to help your brain focus on what really matters to you and accomplishing in that moment. Taste is another kind of fun one that you do need to be a little bit careful with. I know a lot of teachers will give their students peppermints when they're studying for a big exam and then also peppermints when they take the exam. And that works really great. It actually combines mostly smell because while you're tasting the peppermint, the scent of the peppermint is actually what is helping to trigger your memory. Scent is one of the strongest ways to coincide memories with actions. So if you need to focus on something, having a similar scent is going to be helpful which does kind of combine with taste because it's something like 80% of your taste is actually the scent of it, which is why no food tastes right when you're all stuffed up. And why is a taste can be kind of a problem is if you require a specific taste to get into the zone of whatever you need to get done and you don't have access to it, that can be really tricky. Or if you're like me and I used to think that I needed a salty snack to come and record these episodes, I would just be munching away on snacks all evening, even though I wasn't hungry. Now, like I said, taste can be powerful, mostly because of smell. Now, if you can promise that you're always going to have a coffee at the same time that you try to do this one task, or you're always going to chew the same type of gum, then you're going to be set and you can hang on to that taste as part of setting the mood. Scent can be carried out through so many different things that aren't just food, but you can do candles, you can do essential oils, you can do perfumes. You can even use like a Febreze air freshener just to spritz right before you need to get something done. It'll pull up the same type of thing. And then the last sense that you can pull into this when you're setting the mood is touch. I think it's more about the clothes that you're wearing personally. You could probably associate it with other things. However, when I am getting down to some really intense work, I am wearing an oversized worn sweatshirt. And it's not always because I'm cold, but it's something comforting about the touch of the sweatshirt and feeling that coziness. That might not always help focusing in on a specific task unless there is something that is touch specific to either where you are at or what you are accomplishing. So while location is going to be the biggest step in setting the mood, make sure that you have a pretty focused task assigned to a pretty specific location and then enhance it by using the five other senses to help your brain get in the zone and focus in on what you're trying to accomplish. This is going to allow your productivity and effectiveness on that task to go through the roof. When you find yourself struggling to accomplish a task over and over again, then try setting the mood by finding a location that can be specific to that task and then adding in the other five senses as necessary. 
This will take a little bit of repetition of assigning yourself the same location, but your brain will catch on pretty quickly. It's pretty dang smart. And once you've assigned that, then make sure that you always have what you need to be prepared for that location when you need to go there. That's going to be it. That's how you can set the mood for better productivity. Until next time. Thanks for hanging out today. I hope that this simple step will help build big results in your classroom, home, and life. Remember to subscribe, review, and tag me on social media at Engineer Does Education so we can build a simple system together.